you know, I mean, it's something I really wanted to talk about because when I've had one of my bouts of procrastination, I was watching the anti-MLM videos because I came across it when I was doing the research for my PhD. And it didn't happen during my field studies, but it happened during that time with friends. And what happened was one of my friends at the time, she had us over to her house because she was very transparent, said, I met this guy at this event that I was invited to. And what he does is help with financial planning. And of course, my immediate response was, I have no finances. So what would I do with financial planning? She still said, well, just come to the event, right? Because I spoke to him after the event I went to and asked, would he come and do something private if I got a group of friends together? So you can just come. (laughs) And I'm not someone who, because I have no money to give. So I'm never worried about being talked into something to make a purchase, right? You have to have people with some savings to tap into a discretionary income. And what he was selling, and I can't remember the name of it, I think it's called GuideStar or TriStar. And what they do, because I don't know if you're aware, but if you want financial planning, you really have to have substantial assets, over a million, right? So there's a whole market that they recognize for people who are middle income, who might have a pension or own a home, that they need some financial planning services. Now, I think it's a good idea. The thing that I disagreed with, though, is they are dishonest to make it seem like two things. One, that you can, that they've started the process for you by Mm -hmm. scoping the market. They've got the best products for you when really they can only sell a limited number of products, which I don't think is a problem because it's pretty, if, you have just a few assets, you can use something general, right? That's not a problem. And then the other thing is, of course, it really is an MLM because you have to recruit other people. So he ends his presentation and there were some faults in it, by the the way, because I've never done financial planning, but I know a little teeny tiny bit about investments. Mainly you need significant assets to be an investor. But I know a little bit and some of the things he was saying just wasn't, it was misleading, let's say. But he ends the presentation by saying, now I only have a limited (laughs) time of this isn't, I don't offer this opportunity to everybody. But if you'd be interested in doing this, because I was a PhD before I started (laughs) doing this, poor, hungry, and desperate. And of course I was studying for a PhD, so that kind of hurt my feelings a little like, why would you say that? <laughs> that that hurt a little, stung. Like, oh, and I am poor and hungry and desperate, but it's not related to my PhD. That's just my life. So afterwards, the friend who organized this, her brother and I got to talking and we were talking about MLMs and I've had experience with that with my mom has been done a few of those schemes, much to my chagrin. And he was talking about how much money he lost because his parents have gotten him into these things over time. So when I was researching this presentation, someone in the guardian, I believe had covered it and he was a white journalist and he noticed that it was at the event he went to majority black and Asian. So, There is something certainly there. And it seems based on what my friend's brother was telling me, or maybe I should say we're, we're kind of friends too, but yeah, I was, I was more friends with her, but nevertheless, it seems we all, well, not we all, but there are a significant number of us who have this experience with MLMs and it becomes a secret shame because you don't like to talk about the fact people in your family lost money in this stuff. And I've had other friends tell Mm -hmm. me other schemes that their parents have been involved in, you know, a year or two after it's over when they can laugh about it. (laughs) Either, you know, sending money to someone overseas, an MLM, just something. And I just think it must be so widespread, but nobody wants to talk about it because it's so horrible. So there are some ML, anti-MLMers on YouTube, which I spent time watching. Some of them are hilarious. And as you know, many times I say that the one of the failures of the left is they cannot tell stories. So when I came across the series in Netflix, and I don't even know how I came across it, but I thought, oh, this could be interesting. And I'm not it's a cool. Kirsten Dunst friend, uh, friend, fan per se. Is it Kirsten or Kristen Dunst? Kristen Dunst. It's Kirsten. Yeah, Kirsten Dunst. So when I saw On Becoming a God in Central Florida, 
and it was about an MLM. I thought, hmm, this could be good. And I did enjoy it. So I think I binge watched the first half and then I did the second okay. half. And I found the character, <laughs> I found her character very funny as Crystal. And I thought, I think they've got it right with the MLM in terms of the themes that come across in the series, as well as the emotional life of the MLMs. I think it shows the kind of people who join and what their incentive is for staying because they do get, I think, the friendships, the networks, the support that's really missing, even when it costs them so much. So yeah, so I don't know. I I didn't intend to say all that, but yeah. So do you want to do the intro? (laughs) That was such a good introduction to the actual film. So I'm going to leave that For the series. I mean, yeah. Okay. So to the series, to the series, not the film. Sorry, I have watched it. If you've just joined us, this is my Dilorama's Top Picks. I'm Abla Candelaft, film programmer and journalist, with my co-host Coco Green, armchair critic and aspiring academic in Top Picks. As ever, we discuss marginalisation, resistance and some of the isms in drama, documentary, mystery, films and series. And now in its 11th year, My Die Champions Independent Film and its use as a platform for underrepresented and often ignored voices. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and My Dialorama, leave comments and leave reviews on Apple Podcasts, mydie.link slash Apple or Spotify, mydie.link slash Spotify. So after, what was it, a good month's break, we're back. I would like to quickly maybe flag the Sheffield Film Festival if it's possible to still catch some of their films online. Okay, well, let me just cut you off and quickly. You need to talk about the donate. That's got to be in every single intro. I did not talk about the donate. Shame on me. I didn't even mention the LinkedIn page. So. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Well, thank you very much to our existing um, subscribers. And if you would like to join their ranks, you can donate either one t- a one-time uh, well, donation or a monthly one at mydie.link slash donate. So um, I just quickly like, because I'm just curious to see what other people's opinions of this is, the Italian film, I assume it's Italian, directed by Roberto De Feo and Paolo Stripoli on Netflix called A Classic Horror Story. And I just stumbled upon it using the usual Netflix algorithm and um, I thought it was really in the general spirit of Midsummer, the horror film Midsummer, and then I realised that actually everyone had been saying that. So I think it was it was fairly intentional. Premise is very very cliche. A bunch of young people in the south of Italy are on a doing some sort of road trip. They get lost in the woods. They stumble upon a very sinister looking house, and stuff starts to happen. And it involves a cult and it involves local history, really creepy set pieces and general uh, really spooky music and gore. So it was pretty good. I actually I actually enjoyed it. I thought the pace was a bit better than Midsummer, if I'm perfectly honest. I thought some of it was a little bit less complex and less nuanced. Uh, but I'd recommend watching it. But all this to also very smoothly transition to our film which is about multi-level marketing, well, a film, a series, apologies, multi-level marketing, which in essence is presented like the cult it can be. So I will let you properly introduce the series and carry on with what you were saying about it. So this one is a summary from Deadline.com. On Becoming a God in Central Florida follows Crystal Stubbs, that's Kirsten Dunst, a minimum wage water park employee who lies, schemes, and cons her way up the ranks of Founders American Merchandise, FAM, the cultish, flag-waving, multi-billion dollar pyramid scheme that drove her to ruin in the first place, run by the powerful Obi Garbo II. Determined to make determined to make a better life for herself crystal dives deep into fam and develops a tangled relationship with fam's most loyal and fanatical follower cody until her business begins to affect those closest to her including ernie that's her next door neighbor and affable water park boss and his fam skeptic wife bets yeah so you liked it oh i did like it i think because they got that aspect uh well well well, one thing first interestingly the creators of the show initially wanted a series on a cult and then they decided on mlms because of similarities 
Oh, that's really interesting. Okay, I didn't know that. And to me, I really enjoyed it because, as I said, it taps into the emotional life of MLMs because I think those who exploit and those who are the most ruthless are successful because they allow you to fabricate the dream because one of the ways crystal what crystal did that her husband couldn't with the neighbor ernie because her husband was trying to get ernie for a long time and it's because ernie is manager at the water park and the idea is that if the water park can use fam's products they'd be able to make a lot of money right so he'd be successful and the idea is you know with mlms is you need a downline so you need people below you so that would be really good for her husband and mm. so what he couldn't do that crystal could do was get him to start dreaming about things out of his reach that he needed to have to have the life he wanted so she starts you know starts innocently at dinner and she tries to get successfully not try she does get his wife and his son to name these material things that they want that he now can't get for them but of course they didn't even want it until she starts asking about it. or they wanted it but you know it's nothing you would even ask for but she gets them to the place mm-hmm. where they ask for that and then he wants to do it and that is what draws him in and then he sees the possibility when he they're tapping into central Florida at a time where they're getting lots of Spanish speaking migrants. And because he speaks Spanish, he's like, that is a whole new market. And of course not the issue with pyramid schemes is saturation. You don't need too many people in one regional area because then you're going to run out of people to recruit. So he taps into a whole new market. So it's like that kind of falls into a place that allows Ernie to get into it. And it's good because we see, how her husband probably got involved in it. So because when we meet Crystal's husband in the pilot, he is full in. And if he's so far in, there's no way to pull him out. And that's been my own experience with people in pyramid schemes. It's, it's like you you cannot, logic does not work. And my go-to is always giving people articles and research. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter to show because that's what their comeback is. They go to these events. They see people who are making a lot of money and it's like, yeah, and you're five years too late for that. You have to get in in the beginning to make all that money. And of course, you're never going to get in at the beginning. So you're never going to make that money. But they sell the dream so well and they get you so hyped and they do all of this toxic positivity stuff and you were just no match for it. And I liked how that dynamic was shown with Crystal and her husband and how they slowly disclosed what was really going on financially, because that is what you don't see behind the scenes. And you learn that from the people in the inner circle as well, that they thought they'd be making all this money as they moved up the pyramid scheme, but they are still, (laughs) they're still not making any money. And that, and that's the power of it, right? The double speak which is what cults do and it's what pyramid schemes do. They get you in a place where you can hold these two contradictory beliefs in your mind and make it make sense. Yeah, I think that's key. That's key. Convincing people that even though they're bankrupt, there is still hope out there that they can improve their condition through that same scheme. Without thinking, I need to cut my losses. I need, I need to. Lose but it's like they, they I'm think they have improved money. it because in the episode, I guess it was the pilot, right, where Crystal's husband leaves the job after he promised he wouldn't, because she agrees, as you know, as usual, fam isn't working, and so they have a whole breakdown. And Crystal agrees, okay, we'll make it work, but you can't quit your job because that is something that her husband's upline, who is Cody at the time, yeah, Cody's like. The reason why it's not working for you is because you're only doing this alongside your full-time job. So instead of doing 40 hours, 40 hours, you need to do all 80 into fam. And when he leaves his job, he rents a limo, he rents a tuxedo. So it's like he is successful, right? It's like, no, it's not that you will be successful. You already are successful, even though your bank account shows you the opposite. That's the contradiction. It's like you work for yourself, yet you need a downline to move up in the pyramid scheme. You work for financial freedom, but you work more hours and have less free time to earn less money, which is actually debt. And the more you invest, the more you lose. Yet you are working towards financial freedom, even though all the evidence shows you're doing the opposite thing. You're an entrepreneur, 
but you can't use your own ideas to solve problems in your business. You have to stick with the ineffective methods that the pyramid scheme says you have to do, which is the example of crystal splasher size. And you just see it yes. time and time again. Now, of course, I think we all do this in other ways. As I love to say, the, the most dangerous lies are the lies we tell ourselves. But I'm fine to tell my own lies if <laughs> I'm not taking my family to financial ruin, right? But I think that's the danger of this of the pyramid schemes or multi-level marketing is you burn so many bridges and pretty much Crystal's marriage was falling apart and she just couldn't see it because she didn't know the extent of their debt. Yeah. What struck me, I think, was how surreal it all seemed. But then I think it's because I'm so far removed from that reality. I don't realise just how how big is this in the US and how big was this? I mean, this is set what in the 80s, right? 90s. I thought 80s too because of uh, her hair, but no, it is the 90s. <laughs> don't they mention a specific date? And it was like 1989. No. Okay, oh, okay. okay. I'm sorry. Did they? I th I thought as much. Anyway, it's that sort of t rough timeline. But it just seems absolutely bizarre that it's that that it even exists, and it's mainstream. It's just so bonkers, and it's just such a huge obvious scam built on thin air that I can't see it possibly operating anywhere else. So is it exaggerated? Is it just really common in the US for that stuff to to happen? It, I don't know. It just felt like it was exaggerated and completely surreal. So what do you think? It is a global thing. It's all around the world. And I think it is solving a problem, which is due to the way global capitalism is working, wages are going down. So instead of another failure of the left saying yes your standard of living is going down you are making less than you were a generation ago even two generations ago and we need to do something about the mm -hmm. wealth between capital and labor people just think i must be doing something wrong because of course i'm making more money than i was before so that means i need to get a quote unquote side hustle it means that my boss is just evil, so the solution is I need to work for myself. And so they are solving a real problem. Now, solving a real problem, I mean, telling you what the solution is. Like, they're agreeing that you do have yeah. that problem, and they're giving you a solution to it, versus the left says, oh, no, there is no problem. Look, the average household makes 70000 now. Surely you can live on that. <laughs> and then they tell you, you know, if you want to do a side hustle, everyone should pursue their dreams. They kind of have hands off that, right? So... I think that's why they're so effective. Schemes. This this version, today's version of that is not pyramid schemes, really, is it? Yeah, it's, it's a pyramid sort of scheme. Selling, selling your homemade art or driving a new. No, no, no. Like I, no, no. I think the pyramid scheme, oh gosh, yeah, the pyramid schemes are still very popular. So like Lulu Rowe is one. Oh, and you got to check out the documentary on that. I don't know if you have seen it, but they're just these no. hideous clothes. But I shouldn't say it. That's a value judgment. Hideous to me. <laughs> And what they got you to do was buy these clothes and then you sell them on to your friends. Who wears them? Well, they're just kind of like Does my... Does wear them along Yeah, people chain? do wear them. So kind of like okay. my wardrobe now is stretch pants and like stretch pants and stretch shirts. Jeez. And, but they have all these patterns on it. It's the patterns that I find ugly it's like oh it's just horrible but people like them but that's just it it's, it's fast fashion and as we know fast fashion has very tiny margins but the problem is i don't think you can return it once you buy it if you want to keep your level in the company which is how we see in the show should we call it central florida that's why her husband had a garage full of stuff because you mm -hmm. have to buy to resell a certain product amount of product but if you return it then you lose your place in the pyramid which is how people they call it like uh they they met their quota by garage or something like that because that's what people are doing which is how you go into debt because then you have to keep buying even though you're not actually selling so it looks like you're selling on paper which is what crystal's husband was doing so no there's all yeah. sorts of mlms now i mean one of the more popular ones is amway something that wasn't touched on is you may recall from the Madden C.J. Walker film, that was an MLM. Uh -huh. It was, It yeah. was. So was Avon is an MLM. Yeah, Avon's the most famous one, I guess, on this side of the pond. Like, that's the one I hear about being done in the U.S. Only because no one but has sold to you thing, yet. Right? No one no. has sold to you yet. 
yet, but it will come about. There's a popular one now with a diet drink. Oh, what is it called? Um, and that's the thing. The products work. The problem is they're selling you a product for $70 that you can get somewhere else for 10 because they have to pay all the people in the levels. Yeah. So that's why it doesn't quite work. But there is some truth in what they're saying because the products do what they say they're going to do. But then it's the question of, well, why would I pay seven times what the product is worth if I could just go to the mall or Target and get it for yeah. less? And that's where the scheming comes in because that presents a problem because that's generally a consumer response, which is why they have to recruit more people to sell because... Mm-hmm even though theoretically you could make money selling the product, which is how they stay legal. Because theoretically that could work if you can't get people to pay seven times more, but because it's not a Birkin bag, right? (laughs) Which is the equivalent, right? Of people selling Birkin bags, that might work. Then it's much easier to get downline. But no, they're very popular. I mean, I don't have the number of how many people are in them, but there's lots of turnover. Yeah. Because a lot of people have to leave. I mean, and what's crazy about it, it's like only 0.1% of the people in the scheme make any money. Even the top 1% are making minimum wage. And and it's completely legal. There's no setup. It is legal which, because right. they do have a product to sell. But it's just you can't in the real in practice. Right. So in theory, you could make money, but in practice, you can't. So that's why their defense is, well, then just sell the product. Because you could. But in the real world, no one wants to buy your expensive products. Yeah. So that's why you get stuck with them or you have to recruit people. So, yeah, that's that's why MLM stay in business, I believe. And because they do have those point oh oh one people who are making good money. There's this woman on YouTube mm-hmm. who talks about MLMs and she, unlike many people, pulled out the receipts and one year she made a million dollars. Was it? Oh, wait, was it a million or a hundred thousand? What am I even saying? It must have been a hundred thousand. But nevertheless, for someone who's not gone in the Midwest, who's not gone to uni, that's good. So then when you yeah. have someone like she who will show you receipts, this is the money I'm making, but then not telling you the other part that, OK, this is 10 of us that are making this money and the other 10,000 <laughs> aren't going to do it, which is why she ultimately left. And then she went to another one and then she left for good. Like, okay, this is really bad. And lost her own, broke her own relationships in the process of that. And she was talking about one time she was, because like many people, you have loved ones who say, this is a pyramid scheme, this is a pyramid scheme, this is a pyramid scheme. And her husband was one of those people. And her upline said, "Mm, he sounds really negative. You might want to think about a divorce. <laughs> well, well, yeah, like any, any good old fashioned cult. Well, there you go. To know, but that's what I'm saying. I think there's so much silence and shame around it because you get so far in. Yeah. And I think there may be, and you know, I'm no psychologist and I don't like talking about human nature. I do think though there is something about not liking to admit that you've made a huge, expensive, time consuming mistake. And I think it taps into what happens. I used to joke a lot about, because I moved to London, uh, I guess I was 28 or something, and talk about how hard it is to make friends as an adult. Now, I think I've been pretty fortunate in making friends, but I also don't have children, right, that really limits your ability to do that. Like, there was a joke on this uh, show, King of the Hill, and... The mom pegged, she said, you know, I used to really be into, you know, music and I used to know it was popular and happening in the world up until about 10 years ago. But then it's like for the last 10 years, I don't know anything. And then her, her 10 year old son walked by <laughs> because, you know, you're not able to do that anymore. So I think there is a kind of loneliness. And it was in the documentary that we will talk about. Cool. I can't get you out of my head. That people experienced yes. in living in these nuclear families as opposed to more yes, multi-generational definitely. social worlds, whereas this loneliness that just went unnamed. And I think that's what these things do, because what came out in the series, right, is that Cody said, well, he was my best friend. And I think there was some truth in that, because 
Cody had a broken relationship with his mother. You find out later he didn't really have any friends. He worked. He spent so much time with them and idolizing. Uh, what's the what's the leader's name again? Uh, Obi. Yes. And idolizing Obi. He didn't have any friends. He didn't have a girlfriend. He didn't have time. Mm. He didn't have space in his life for that. And I think that's something you see with people with MLM. It's like a need they didn't even know they had until they get in a room full of people who are supportive and telling them how smart they are and how great they are and how they can do this. And I think there is something so intoxicating about that. Like you don't even know you need it until you get it and you have people to spend your evenings with, you have lunch, those events they have, those expensive annual retreats, people turn that into a vacation. They're having a good time and a nice resort. I mean, it just gives you a social life. I've got to hung up on the, the sort of dubious legality of the whole thing. So I know in the UK, pyramid schemes are illegal. Okay. But you guys have and Amway I here, don't you? Have what? Amway. Which one? Amway. Oh, Herbalife. That's what I was thinking about. So remember the documentary? Oh, yeah, yeah, on yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You guys have Herbalife it. here. Yes, but technically MLMs aren't pyramid schemes. I mean, they, they kind of are, but they are legal when pyramid schemes aren't. If you have a pure pyramid scheme, it's like a Ponzi scheme where you're paying old people with new money and that's not what MLMs do. But it's a pyramid scheme because you're only really going to make money by recruiting new people. Well, yes, exactly. But that's not illegal because you can theoretically make money through selling the products, which is how they become a business. So even though nobody's making money that way, they can argue, well, if you sell a hundred shakes a week, you could, (laughs) or whatever, (laughs) a hundred widgets. Yeah. So I think that's why they're able to be legal because the commissions, I mean, you can set up a commission structure however you want. And they seem to be transparent. I tried to find a screenshot I took of the FAM pyramid scheme. And all of them have these interesting levels that seem like this easy. Because look, all you have to do is recruit five people. You know five people. You're like, yeah, I know 100 people. Uh, So I think that's why they work. But it's the bigger thing of who they're exploiting. I think because they're exploiting powerless people, that's why no one, nothing happens. And like I was saying too, I think the shame keeps people from going forward. Like they don't even quite understand if a law has been broken because it seems all very straightforward and then as we know from the hulk hogan case courts are not meant for everyday people or trump really (laughs) remember i think i forget the name of the series what's it called um what was it called dirty money on netflix where these small businesses couldn't sue trump and they he owed them millions of dollars they didn't have the legal resources to do it so They also talk about how they couldn't even get media coverage for their stories, what happened to them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why pyramid schemes, it, because I, I would suspect that if they took money from wealthy people, there'd be no way that would work. But then it's like, what wealthy person's going to go work for an MLM? So they know who they're targeting well, for it. a reason. That's it. Yeah, exactly. I think that's where I'm really uncomfortable. I mean, you can argue some... In some cases, they're fairly affluent, but bored, kind of get involved in that sort of thing. Well, you know, I think there are some people like, because I do have an aunt who sold Avon for years, but Mm. she didn't sell it to make money off it. She sold it to get samples. And because, in, in fact, she would even give people discounts on things and forego her commission. I mean, she just really enjoyed doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. and she liked, I think, the company because as well, you know, they have the weekly team meetings. And it was so funny. She told the women that they were racist because she never won the <laughs> weekly prize drop. <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course, is crazy because it was a raffle. <laughs> and they said, why would rigged. you say that? And she was like, well, I've never because she was the only black person there. And they said, why would you say we're racist? She said, well, I've never won the raffle. <laughs> So the next week they kept pulling until her ticket came. (laughs) And I said, and that, and you wanted that. She, well, if they weren't racist, they wouldn't have felt guilty. And they would have just said you didn't win because you didn't win. But the fact that they did that proves, (laughs) (laughs) which is a good point because 
if you hadn't done anything, you'd just be like, you crazy cow, this is a drawing. I don't even know what ticket is yours. She makes an interesting point, but nevertheless. But I it sounds like she's gonna... doing it for the companionship. Right. But... She's bored and it's fun. And yeah. But exactly. I think that I think that's an exception because, again, like you're you're uh, that's I think people generally are doing it to make money because it's a lot of work to do that stuff. Because I think if it mm-hmm. wasn't, why do they have to have all those raw, raw meetings? If it were just people to say, oh, yeah. I'm just doing it to get some free products. So I have another aunt who also sold Pampered Chef, but she did it to get the free products. And then you didn't hear anything about it anymore. Once she got her ice cream scoop and some pots, <laughs> you never heard another word about it. Because that's what she was promised. If you sign up, you get these free products. She's like, what? To demo? And I don't have to pay $300 for them as part of my kit? Perfect. She signed up and then you didn't, you know, she may have had us over once, but that was just a cook for us. She didn't even really want us there. She's like, look at yeah. this beautiful cookware. Didn't even try to sell doesn't... it to us. But that's one thing. I think that's unique because if that were yeah. the case, you wouldn't have, they go so hard with the mantras like Crystal's husband was. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. I, and that's just it. If you've not known anyone in an MLM, that is how they are. Whenever you speak to them, like, wow, this is really costing you a lot of money. Cause that's the other thing too most people like the vast majority are losing money okay yes so let's take a step back first what did you think about the show i enjoyed it on the whole i liked it for the roughly the same reasons you did i really like the fact that it exposes this whole uh setup that i didn't actually know that much about i mean i know the tropes the usual stuff we think about when we think about mlms but i didn't realize i didn't know the details i didn't realize the extent to where it was taken and as I said, I thought a lot of it was it might have been exaggerated, but actually, you know, you can attest to the fact that it's true. Even the mantras and, and all that, it felt a bit over the top. But then I feel like that wouldn't surprise me, really. That's, you know, that's like marketing schemes in the US probably use that type of language and that type of of uh, really kind of in-your-face attitude. Um, so I really like that. I thought the acting was excellent. I really, really like uh, the actor who plays Cody, who's a Canadian actor. I thought he was just spot on. He could have easily been a caricature, but I actually thought he was just incredibly effortless in that role. I thought he was really good too. Yeah. In fact, he might be my favorite. There's something, even though he's so caught up in it, there is something about him that you want to like. Yeah. I think one of my favorite scenes is, it seems is when he's uh, practicing the dancing and the. Um... <laughs> he was getting um, it. I was there. I was, was there. For I'm like, oh, <laughs> I wasn't ready for him <laughs> because some people, when they like to be on stage and put on a show, they're just kind of ah. But no, he was getting it. I said, okay, I see you. He was you. so earnest and into it, and he's a good dancer. And I, for some reason, that just made it gel. He's taken that character very seriously. He's and it was enjoyable and entertaining as a you know, as a, as, as just as a series, I guess the, the pace or the rhythm fell a bit flat at times. I thought, where are they going to go with this? I thought I, I was, I was expecting sort of a more, um, I don't know, maybe more twists and turns in the plot, but that's not, you know, I expected something that perhaps the series wasn't there to deliver. So, you know, I mean, spoiler alert, obviously as every time, but, um, you know, when the, um, Oh, I forgot his name, the character's name, the older man who uh, gets his um, boat firebombed. No, I forget his name too, but yeah. Yeah. I thought it would go down a sort of darker path in that sense, and it it didn't. But you know how they there was talk of them doing a second series? I And then it was cancelled because of COVID. To be fair, I think it ended quite well. I think if it's one series, then it sort of holds together fairly fairly well. I don't think they should extend it into anything else. Um, I don't know how you feel about that. I thought that was interesting too, because I was expect there were some loose ends, but like you said, there wasn't a cliffhanger where they had to have a second one, even though I absolutely would have loved to have a second season. And I think they could pick it up another time, even if they moved forward in time. So kind of, even where though- would they go with it? Oh, because could- the whole point was kind of critiquing that whole uh, MLM setup and seeing how the impact it had on that particular family. They've done that. Do you know what I mean? That's it. She's out of it. No, so. Well, she's not, though, because don't forget, the owner sold that water park. That water park isn't profitable. 
So she's going to run into a problem there. And essentially she's kind of blackmailing Obi into that job, but you can't blackmail forever. Like people will always figure out a way to get the one up on you. And there's the murder. So really they have, he has something on them and I think he's just biding his time. So the water park yeah. thing was never going to last because it's not, it's even though it's a vehicle to sell fan products, as we know, those products aren't profitable. Like his business is falling apart. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Crystal's still going to run into problems. She thinks she has them because, oh, I can run my <laughs> splasher size class, but Crystal's not a business person, right? Um, but I think it points to a bigger issue that there are no good jobs. Because remember, she tried to do, because I think Crystal is an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, but it shows that without capital, you're just a person with ideas. Because she wanted to do, because she could theoretically be a pageant coach yeah but you see even that guy doesn't want to pay her properly (laughs) and he could no that was the killer he could and he's just not gonna do it and there's a commentator i follow and he had an interesting thing about that too like he has a skill that is very profitable but no one wants to pay him to do that so in that case it's worthless because it it only that only works if you're the kind of person who can command those prices, but she's not in a position to do that. So that's the bigger issue that she's always going to come up against. And um, I think something we will see as the weed industry picks up in the U S is that it's just going through the early phase, but the big companies are just waiting for those small companies to mm-hmm. get big enough where they will be profitable for them to gobble up. You'll see because there's no, there's in the way they don't protect small businesses. There's no way. You can last. It just won't work. And the water park for Crystal is just an example of that. So, no, I disagree. I think it could have been a great second season, but I totally agree with you. I was surprised when I found it because after I finished, I thought, oh, why don't they have the second season on? And I found out the story. I had the same thought as you. It still could work. Maybe that's why you keep calling it a film because it did wrap up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I thought, yeah, I've been thinking of it as a film, especially given the fact that I watched it pretty much back to back this week. What, did you catch that other series on Netflix that was about a cult? It was actually pretty good. I watched the whole thing, although I didn't watch all the seasons well, of it. One of the many. <laughs> Which one? It was the one with the actress from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I'll have to look it up now. It's not another Nexium one, is it? No, this was before that. So I want to say that this series maybe came out in 2017. Or I'm going to look up the film Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which was funny. Have you seen that one? Yes, with Jackie Chan. No. Uh, <laughs> oh dear, Chris Tucker. No. Oh bloody hell, that's not right then. The same type of poster as a film with Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. <laughs> it is. It's two people back to back with guns. They're not back to back with. What oh. are you looking at? No, this is Robert Downey Jr. and Val Kilmer. It's pretty funny. What? Okay, I've never seen this. Is the poster yellow? I'm gonna have to. No, check it it's out. white with two white men as well. No, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at. Do kiss rush kiss, hour was what I do was do kiss kiss bang of. bang with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and I don't think it did well at the box office, but it I really liked that film. I bought the DVD. I liked it so much. I thought it was so funny. Well, one to watch. Ah, here it is. Okay, Michelle Monaghan. Okay, so let's see. Oh, she I forgot she was in Mission Impossible. Okay, let's look at her television series. The Path. This one was an American drama. Well, anyway, the point is it's about a cult. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it was um, it was pretty interesting because the series starts off with one of the, let's say, core. You know, there's a founder of the cult, right? And so yeah. this was like the founder. I want to say this was the founder's daughter and her husband. So... I think that's how he was connected to the founder. And so he, the series starts where he doesn't believe anymore. So he's had an experience where he knows it's all fake. But by the last, and I don't remember which season I watched, but by the end of it, he believed again, but for more for real, because he joined it initially because he met his wife and he was a drifter, let's say, so didn't believe in anything. And so meeting her and, you know, it all kind of gelled together. And, uh, yeah, and once, and it was in a way like 
wild, wild country and that it brought people in who were, you know, addicted to drugs or drifters and stuff and didn't transform their life and then they become the biggest advocates for it, right? So, yes, but in the end he was a believer, which I thought was an interesting one. Like, oh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> so, yeah, so no, I thought that was pretty cool. But, wait, why did we start talking about the path? Because we always end up talking about golds. Um, there was a reason I brought it up and now I can't. We were talking specifically about the the character whose name we forgot. (laughs) Who lost his family to the, the cult of the MLM. He wouldn't be the, he wouldn't be the first, um, because Cody was lost to his mother. The difference is he won't have the consequences of it for long because he could always go back. Uh, Yeah. And Oh, that was another loose end. We don't know what happened to his father. So I'm sure that would have come out in the second season. Yeah, I think it's it, it's a fun t- take on MLMs because I think they do have lots of humor in this series. And they are mm-hmm. able to really get you to root for Crystal. Even when she's drawing more people in and she knows it's a scam, you're still rooting for her. Somehow I was still hoping Ernie would join. Even, yeah. <laughs> even yeah, yeah. No, me too. Even though I knew it was so bad. But I think... Because Crystal's a survivor, you want something to work out for her. Well, yeah. Yeah, she's living pretty miserably given everything. So, <laughs> And you feel for her in a way of someone who, because we know that it's not the biggest cause of divorce, our financial problems. Mm-hmm. And it does, I think, raise that dilemma. What do you do when you're married to somebody like that? Where the marriage was fine until they get involved in that. It's like, what do you yeah. do? Yeah, and what would have happened had he still been alive and she'd found out about the debt and the bankruptcy? And Oh, I think it would have been worse for her because she certainly would have been able to come up, she wouldn't be able to blackmail people and stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, that's yeah, how she yeah. got her money. If he was alive, I think it would have ended the way those things always end. You end up, she would have been on Ernie, I guess Ernie and uh, what's Ernie's wife's name again? So he, <laughs> she would have been on we Ernie's sofa, basically. That's where she would have been. And her husband (laughs) would have been living with Cody. That's true. Because that's the only, that's the way it always ends. So, and I think that's the real tragedy of it, right? Is that it only ends with devastation because in the, I don't know if you remember the documentary. Did you watch Betting on Zero? Yes. The people coming together because they had lost money and the woman Mm -hmm. whose husband reminds her every day that she lost $15,000 in that. Yeah. I mean, imagine what that must be like to be reminded <laughs> you were scammed every day. At least the people who get those lonely heart scams, at least people feel somewhat sympathetic towards them. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh, you were old and lonely. But to have people in your life every day, I mean, I can't imagine it. That's why she was really breaking down. But at the same time, her husband's like, we can't have a dream now because you wouldn't listen. So how do you move on? From that as a family. I mean, it must, I just think they must, the families must be breaking apart. So no, honestly. So I think there's, and, and that's just it too. They also draw people in because they do sell legitimate stuff. Yeah, so yeah, it's it. like, well, everyone, you know, needs home security. You should be able to sell that. Everyone, you know, needs cell phone insurance. So there's no reason why you can't sell that except for nobody needs cell phone insurance. <laughs> they got that when they bought their phone. So <laughs> It's interesting, yeah. So, yeah, I don't have the statistics on that, but I think that's the key question is how many MLMs are there? What's their average Mm -hmm. lifespan? And how many people at what level are making what? And that's a law that changed over time where now that's what you have to do is show the breakdown of how many people are making money in different pay ranges or income scales or revenue scales. I don't know, however you want to think about that so um yeah and i have a friend now who's participating in an mlm i think i showed you her photo yesterday was that you or was that someone else no i can't remember i think so uh, we did we did mention it who can keep up uh <laughs> she um yeah had a designer bag and in the shot to show a successful person it's just like no one makes money off that stuff but she does have a full-time job that pays well well exactly so I'm going to guess that's where the money coming from. And it's such a shame because she is so entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. I think she would be excellent at sales. So it's actually too bad. The, uh, the YSL bag, she doesn't work for YSL because I think she would be able to sell those bags. No, honestly, she can sell anything. She just has the personality for it. 
I think she has an entrepreneurial spirit where she, and she also sells uh, skincare and hair products. In fact, this moisturizer she sells is the only thing that can moisturize my hair. And she had an Instagram live event. And I told her like, it's the only thing that can moisturize my hair. She's like, oh, well, you should tell people about it. I was like, sorry, that's my thing. She's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, you would be their worst nightmare. Oh, and I was for her. And I said, I'm sorry, I Not can't. Not proselytizing at all. No, soft hair is my <laughs> thing. But I tell you, her products are spectacular. And that's the thing. But she was never able to leverage that into a business, which is a shame because her products are, I mean, at least for me. So I downplay the hair stuff, but I do tell people, oh, you should get her soaps and stuff. And I just think it's off people's radar. Like it's difficult to get people to do stuff like that mail order when there's the big chains that people see on a regular yeah. basis. It's just hard, so competitive, but it's a shame because her products are so nice. I mean, much, and, and they're the same price. It's the same price as the body shop, but much better. I feel like we're going to have to end up mentioning the products. Oh, should With we? a link to the products. <laughs> I don't mind it because I think now on her webpage, she'll have the MLM stuff. So don't do that. <laughs> but please, please buy her product. No, honestly, her products are amazing. Oh, but then I don't want people to get the hair stuff because now they'll know. Would you take the hair stuff out? I don't trust you, people though. People will probably think we're getting commission for this. Sorry. Yeah, I can't do that, Alex. I don't trust you now to take out the part about the hair stuff. You, you won't do it. I know how you are. So sorry. That's not happening. I, I can't tell you. And see, she felt the same way, too. And it, it is a shame. It's a shame. I did tell my friend about that, too. I said, yeah, her products are amazing. And I told her the story. And she was like, you're horrible. You don't want to help people. I'm like, I sure don't. People don't want to help me. People never tell you about products they have. People. Yeah. So it's like, why should I have to do that? <laughs> I mean, my only regret, honestly, is that, and that was the thing too, when she first started selling the product, she told me about it and it was off my radar. I forgot as much as a junkie I am with skincare and bath and body and hair stuff. And then one day I thought, oh, wait a second. Cause I, you know, I've been home for a while. I didn't buy any of uh, Tina's stuff, but, um, but actually, you know what? Maybe I will share because in general, people don't share my advice, take my advice anyway. That's the thing I've been listening forget. the whole way through. Go on. <laughs> Hang on, let me let me look it up. Um, I think it's called. You don't even remember it. Well, I'm trying to remember, and I've been very helpful Some to her. Let me just put are. that out there, because <laughs> I was very when she first started her website. I like rewrote all her copy for her, so I'm always you know yeah. You leave me alone, because <laughs> I, I do want her to be successful. Ah, yes, this is it. Okay, so it's love you hair skin with L U V is love. So that's L-U-V-U, the letter, hair skin. So all together. So L-U-V-U-H-A-I-R-S-K-I-N dot com. And she's on Facebook and Instagram. And she's just got fantastic products, all <laughs> organic, to hydrate, exfoliate, to make you glow, look polished, beautiful, and you can feel good that your money is going towards a small business who owner who is family oriented and very committed and dedicated. And unfortunately, because she hasn't built up her business, now she has to do MLM stuff. So I blame everybody for <laughs> <Fire> that. Us. <laughs> yeah, I blame people for that. Um, but no, honestly, her products are. Fun. Oh, and oh, this is the good news. I don't see her hair product. They're perfect. That could be all mine. Wow. Fantastic. Well, yeah. that's all plugged. <laughs> No, I can't wait. Oh, this is perfect. Yeah, the hair product isn't there. Okay, cool. I'll have to message her and say, can she, because I bet she could just mix me up a batch if I asked her. I think I'll do well, that. Well, I'll be sure to include a link in the blurb so that people can <laughs> click and directly go Oh, another the one website. too, by the way, like another plug for that, because that's just it. So we've tried lots of products, but I can tell you the ones that I think are good. So my friend's son has sensitive skin and I bought him the body wash which he really liked. So, you know, he has super sensitive skin, eczema. He always has, well, sensitive skin and eczema. He always has, and he really did like the body wash. So. Okay, noted. So we started off talking about the show on Netflix. So what is the depiction of LMLMs and ended up plugging some skincare products. <laughs> so, I like that. It's got a nice arc to it. They're fantastic skincare products. Let's be very clear now. These well, just, yeah. I mean, no, I trust your judgment. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't advertise any old shit. So, um, <laughs> no. I do believe that. No, I wouldn't. This is someone who spends thirteen pounds 
on a lip balm. So. Well, you know what? You didn't try it. But I did it think about giving you much. one, but I thought, ah, eh, she's there. If she wants one, she can buy one. So <laughs> <laughs> she can handle her business, but they are the most fantastic lip balms ever. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about um, a friend I have. He stopped using lip balm much to my distress. And I think it's because <laughs> they do leave a bit of a, a oil slick. But these lip balms totally do not. And that's why they're so amazing. I mean, everything, your lips are just so smooth and so perfect and they're totally matte. It just doesn't look like you have anything on. So even though it's got an oil in it, which is bizarre. So I feel like we should one. cash in on all this. <laughs> well, <laughs> I tell you what, I thought the company was fantastic. And the best part about it was because it was such a disaster to get the product, they still shipped me another one to make it right. So just the customer service was excellent. So I appreciated that. Even though, like you're saying, Abla is a bit more than one would like to pay. Because I did tell my best friend about it. I'm just like, oh, do you want some? And she's like, I'm not paying $17 for a lip balm. Are you crazy? No. If someone could, well, I don't know, because I told... I said my friend was in a pyramid scheme. I <laughs> she'd appreciate that, <laughs> even though I believe it. It's just something, you know, as much as I like to have the truth, I actually really do like her. So, oh my gosh, it's so shocking as well. Because like I said, she's so entrepreneurial. I don't know how they got her into it. I don't know. But I also think she's one of those people who she does break even every month because she does use the products. Well, there you go. So I think just that's why she's staying to involved how- in it good the products are oh well the product well that's what i that's what i'm saying the products are good in her mlm but they are grossly overpriced so what i'm arguing is the products that she uses she could get for a fraction of the cost from somewhere else but it doesn't mean the products don't work which is why i said it's like a birkin bag so yeah you can get the same quality bag for a fraction of the price but it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. that the birkin bag still isn't a quality bag right it just means it's overpriced for what it is yeah um, but it's, it's one of those things. I don't know if you've heard, like, that's something MLMers say, right? Like, the, and that's another way they pull you in because you use the products and they work for you. But what you haven't been able to test is that if you used a cheaper product, you would have had the same results. So you never know what's really happening behind the scenes. Like with Crystal and her husband, she thought he was delivering product to that woman and he was just storing his stuff there to hide it from her so you never know what people and that's what comes out later after they leave then they get honest about how much money they lost and how much product they have that they can't get rid of Mm -hmm. so i just hope that that's not the case with she and looking at her website she's also revamped it it looks fantastic i'm gonna send you the link it's gorgeous (laughs) this is all we have time for Thank you very much for listening. And as usual, you can uh, leave us comments on uh, Twitter and my Dialarama is probably the best way. And of course, don't forget to donate and check out those links to great hair care products <laughs> while you're at it. Thank you for listening.